This is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Okay, as you listen to today's episode, I want you to think back to when you were in kindergarten and just think about the size of your body when you were in kindergarten and maybe your thoughts around food in your body. Maybe you didn't even have any. Maybe you were just playing at recess and coloring with purple crayons and you did not even think about these things with your body. As a former kindergarten teacher, this is not something that I thought of that, oh, maybe my students are struggling with something around food or the way their bodies look. Um, I think the first time that I noticed my body and my thighs was like third grade. That was like the first time that we had to get on the scale during like math class or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, the number is bigger for me than it is for that other girl. There must be something wrong with me. Um, So today's episode, I'm really excited because we dive into this a little bit more. I talk with my friend, Ashley Pardo, who is currently a nutritional therapist and private chef. But previously, she struggled with body image, um, binge eating, bulimia, It also transferred over to her use of alcohol. Um, Now she is no longer struggling with food and has a pretty normal relationship with food, but it wasn't always the case. And so we really dive in and talk about what it was like to be in a fight with her body and with food all of the time and how she kind of got to where she is now, um, where food even as you know, a chef and someone who does a lot with food, it doesn't have that big of a role in her life. It's fun and it's enjoyable, but it's not this obsessive uh, binge restrict pendulum or just overdoing it. It's pretty normal. I really love chatting with Ashley. Um, Ashley works with women to help them feel more comfortable and confident in their skin using nutrition, mindset, and self-care. You're going to love today's episode. Make sure to check out the show links. Ashley has a cooking challenge coming up. You're going to love it. It is completely free. Everything's in the show notes. All right, guys, take care. All right. I am so excited today on the podcast. I have my friend Ashley Pardo. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. She is with us from Miami, but not for too long, headed across the country. Uh, So exciting. So many similarities in our stories. Um, But Ashley, I like to get started to kind of hear more about, I know that you have experience with cooking and food and all good things. Was cooking and food like a big part of your life growing up or what was your relationship with food in the beginning? Wow. So this is kind of a long, you know, I feel like for all of us that have come to a certain place with food, we, you know, and obviously if we help people with this, we have sort of seen ourselves in every aspect of it. And that's why we can relate to so many different people and why we can help people because we have been in so many different mindsets. And, and that's my story. If you think of any struggle with food, I've probably (laughs) been through it at some point, but, um, Growing up from the time that I can remember, I have always, I always had a tormented relationship with food from like probably the time that I was like five or six or seven, just like thinking, having the thoughts around like, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? You know, should I diet? I'm maybe larger than the, um, than the other girls in my classes and stuff. So I always had that awareness around like my body and I come from a family Um, I mean, I had a great childhood, but my family was very um, health focused and and sort of looks focused too. I'm Latin and in the Latin community, it's very like, you got to be perfect. You have to have like your perfect body and like nice clothes. So um, my mom 
and my grandmother always cooked a lot when I was younger. So their cooking focus happened from a really young age. But my mom sort of, um, as I was growing up, sort of gave me an awareness of like, okay, you should have this and you shouldn't have this. And like the bad stuff, we're not going to keep in the house because you can't have it. So what happened? Mm -hmm. Law of physics, the degree to which you restrict is the degree, the degree to which you binge later. So I started binging from the time that I was little. And I remember going to my grandmother's house. My grandmother would make a lot of like food from scratch and I would eat a lot because my you know parents weren't there. And probably into my early teenage years, I developed bulimia because I would make myself so uncomfortable that I would then purge afterwards. I didn't, I don't think I even knew what an eating disorder was. It was just like a natural response for me. Like I'm eating so much. Oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. I have to do something about it. It was never really something to control my weight. It was like, oh my God, I just have to like manage this and do something. Um, so then, you know, I, always found myself again struggling with food i never realized really why i didn't have any awareness around this it was just this obsession and also something that i really hated and something that i loved too so it was like this weird thing that um you know that i think a lot of us women go through that like we're obsessed but you know we can't stand it at the same time um and then i ended up going on weight watchers typical restrictive you know points diet and i ended up losing a lot of weight at this point um i i found myself just uncomfortable in my body and i ended up losing and gaining weight a bunch of times but i never again had that awareness around my mindset um then when i went to college i my sort of like stuff with food transferred to alcohol and so I drank a lot in college and like I didn't have any food issues or body issues. I was like, this is amazing. It's just, it just disappeared. It's awesome. Um, but I didn't realize that I just transferred that to alcohol. Um, and then again, after college, I still just sort of found myself in that up and down place with, with my weight. And it wasn't until I was 26 and I'm 33 now that I read Women, Food and God by Janine Roth. Um, and that sort of just completely blew my mind. Um, I, since I had stopped drinking at that point, I sort of found myself in that, in that place with food again, where like I would restrict and then binge and like eat a lot of sugar. And I had always had digestive issues as well. So I would be bloated. I didn't realize that I perhaps like developed a food intolerance, maybe because of the eating disorder that I had. So after, um, I ended up working on a farm for a little bit after, um, after I was in grad school. Uh, which, which is when I um, read Janine Roth's work. And that really changed my mindset around cooking because I saw that the Italian people that I was living with, um, this was in Northern Italy, they just really uh, made things that were really simple. Like I was their guest and I was used to like culinary French technique, which is what I did in cooking school. And it was like 15 minutes to dinner time and they hadn't started cooking. And I'm like, hello, you have a guest, like you have somebody to cook for. And, and there, it was just like no stress. So relaxed, like food from the earth, seasonal food, like really delicious highlighting ingredients. And that really changed the trajectory of like my cooking life. Um, and by then I really started diving deep into, again, my mindset around food, feeling very free, feeling like, oh my God, I discovered intuitive eating, but I was not versed in nutrition. So like I was, I would still find myself very bloated. I wasn't eating a lot of veggies and protein, just a lot of like sugar, starches and stuff. 
And I ended up coming back here to Miami and I started my private chef business, which people always need to eat and people here like to have somebody, you know, cook for them. So I started a boutique private chef business and one of my clients told me about being gluten-free because I had told her about my uh, digestive issues. So she told me about that. So I started gluten-free, paleo, Whole30, and I was on on and off Whole30 for like um, probably two years, restricting, oh, wow. like going keto <laughs> yeah. with Whole30 plus doing CrossFit, uh, like just very extreme. Yeah. This was like in 2012. Yeah. And the thing was that is sort of, you know, something that I like to talk a lot about now and with my clients too, that like whole, it served me that elimination diet. Like it really gave me a lot of awareness around food. It took away all my digestive issues, mm-hmm. but then I found, you know, I, I was either on it or off of it. And I remember like ending whole thirties and binging for days afterwards, not really knowing how to, manage that. And this was, again, like five, six years ago, right when I met my husband. Um, so he sort of, at the beginning of our relationship was that, was like, how do I navigate a dating life right. with somebody and drinking wine and, and all of that and eating like fun foods, quote unquote. And um, that sort of process um, made me really nutty around around food and and again, a lot of binging. So then I just decided to sort of let it go. I educated myself in nutrition even more. I became a nutritional therapy practitioner. And then after that, I just decided like, I'm just going to do whatever makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it really wasn't that simple as I'm making right, it sound, right. but uh, over many, over a lot of time, um, probably another year after that, it's been about four years now that I feel really free around food and I'm now able to, you know, help help my clients with the same thing and really shift their mindset around food to the point where they like truly transform as a person. And that's what happened to me. Like thinking back to who I was back then to who I am now, you can really highlight the struggle with food and, and now like the lack thereof of a struggle um, into me just developing like my voice, self-esteem, self-worth, uh, being independent, believing in myself, trusting myself. And that's truly what I try to teach my clients with food and business being the two vehicles that, that I do that through. So that's sort of a long story, yeah, yeah. but uh, that's sort of like, um, you know, the journey that I've been on to get, to get to where I am today. I love that you said that too, because I think um, the two things, one the book with Whole30, it was like, it starts with food and it kind of did. But then I always, I also go back to Janine Roth's book, um, Women, Food and God, and how she says like your relationship with food, you'll see that in your relationship with other people or other things. Mm -hmm. Like there's this common theme. Um, and we don't realize that, like, we don't realize we have a relationship with food. Like, yeah. Thing I eat. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, I think it's easy for us too to like compare ourselves to other people and just be like, okay, you know, a lot of women and a lot of men don't have any issues with food. Like they just yeah. eat and they eat whatever, they eat whatever's there and they're fine. Like my husband can go anywhere, eat anything and just like wake up the next day super happy all the time, you know? Um, and some of us have just have to pay a little bit more attention and have like that extra level of mindfulness. Obviously it becomes easier and more automatic once you sort of like, like it's one of those things like 
where it gets worse before it gets better. I think like you're, you have all of like your food beliefs and then you go through this and you become aware of them. So it's like purging a house almost like you take everything. I'm saying that cause I'm going through that now as I'm moving, <laughs> but you take everything out. You kind of look at it and see, and it's like, okay, what do I want to take with me now? What actually serves me? What is actually valuable? Um, but I think that comparison can be really tough because you can be like, oh, like it, it can be fine for me. Uh, or maybe I don't have to pay as much attention. Maybe I don't have to be mindful um, because other people don't seem to have to, you know, add that extra level of mindfulness. But I'm one of those people that does. So I think really just honoring yourself, who you are, what you need for how you operate, like it sounds simple, but it can be a difficult place to get to, but it's a hundred percent worth it. And, and life-changing if you take that route versus, you know, the things that we're typically told, which is like restrict, take it away, you know, star, like you should be hungry, like all of the, you know, you should be starving all the time, you know, get there quickly, all these short-term fixes that really don't, uh, that really do a disservice to, to women out there and men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking too, just the way that you're talking about that, um, as you're cleaning your house out, like the things that you might pick to keep as you're moving across the country might be different than the things that I would pick to keep. And it's like that too, like it's so personal and differentiated of like, well, what's important to you? Like, how does this make you feel? Like we're going to have different things. I love seeing those analogies. Um, Yes it just makes it more clear of like how like, no, you cannot just like follow this to a team. Yes. And you also can't, I feel like people who are in food struggles, uh, and again, this was me for most of my life. Um, you know, obviously at different intensities throughout my life, I feel like it is so tempting because you can also go from a place where you can be, you know, quote unquote unhealthy with food or, or whatever to a place where it's, where you get like almost obsessed with nutrition. And that's where I found myself too, like around that whole 30 time in 2012, just like having it be like, oh, I'm doing this for my health and I'm doing this because this is like what's best for me. And um, that again was like, I'm not even sure that I said this, but like that found, you know, I found myself in like a place of orthorexia in, you know, just being so obsessed with being perfect and then also being obsessed with like what other food bloggers are eating and what other people are doing and following all these food accounts. And I didn't know it back then, but that was just sort of feeding into my, um, my obsession with like finding out like what the perfect thing would be and, and what other people are doing. But I think the less noise you have around that, like, obviously I do think nutrition matters. Uh, it's, you know, obviously like it creates, you know, our bodies, our cells, our tissues and stuff. So I do think it's very important, but it's a journey that you're going to have to take on your own, uh, through a lot of like experimentation, uh, exposure, I think is a big thing, exposure to foods and then exposures, exposure to like situations that maybe you were, um, scared of, but it really comes down to trust. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I can't, you know, take care of my nutrition or be aware of my nutrition because I travel all the time or like I'm never in my home. And I'm like, that's so it's hard, but like, that's the best exposure that you can have because that's going to allow you to trust yourself. And you are the only thing that you take with yourself everywhere. So might as well have trust in that. We speak so much of the same language, it's crazy. <laughs> but that was it. Like, especially like us, we went to Thailand for three weeks after, um, 
for our honeymoon. And then mm. we went on our 35 day road trip. There's oh, no wow. like, yeah. that's, you cannot clean eat. Like there were times that I ate at seven 11 because that was the only that's option what's available. <laughs> yeah. You just make, you have to make the best of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also like being honest with yourself about like what you feel like tolerating. Cause like, I think that me being on elimination diets did actually heal my gut. So it was beneficial for me. And now I'm able to add in like, you know, I've been able to add in dairy. I can eat sugar but bef- and nuts. Like before those like would totally mess me up. And there's also like a testament to like taking foods out for a long time and then your body not having like the antibodies to digest them. But I do have a gluten like big time intolerance. I can't eat it. If I do, it like I'm inflamed for five days. So that's like just something where like I am still mindful about that, but it's like not because it's a rule, not because anybody says so. It's like, I'm just honest with myself about the fact that it's not worth it. Like the, its effects aren't worth it. And that is a totally different mindset shift than I'm doing this because something on the outside of me told me to do it. Mm-hmm. That is, it's the, it's kind it's the same outcome, but the motivation for why you're doing it is completely different. Yes, exactly. And that's everything. Yeah. It's huge. So during this time that you were going from zero to 100 with food and you're doing Mm -hmm. extremes, you're also getting to CrossFit. And so tell us a little bit more about your relationship with movement during this time. So my relationship with movement growing up was non-existent. Like it was something that like, you know, people who were athletic did. That was like a big thing for me. Like, oh, I can't do that because like I'm not athletic. I'm not strong enough or anything. So that was like my story. And I even played sports like soccer when you're like forced to play when you're little, you know, and I was always like really bad. And so that was the story that I really developed. And then I got into cardio. Um, like while I was in grad school, I did a lot of cardio. And again, I'm not saying that that's, that's bad. I, I loved it at the time. Um, but I think I, again, with anything, we can turn these things into like obsessions. I definitely became like obsessed with running at some point. Um, and I know that this is a running, a running show and I loved it at the time, but again, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like, what's the intention behind it? What are you doing it for? And for me, it was like, I need to do this to like feel okay, mm-hmm. you know, and to feel like this is like an accomplishment that I need to do. So after that, I started learning about like the benefits of um, lifting weights. So I started doing CrossFit in 2012 and I was not eating carbohydrates because I had a coach. Again, I was very like susceptible to outside advice. So I had a coach that told me like, oh, if you just don't eat, you know, any carbs or any fruits like you'll get to your goals faster. And I'm like, okay, then I'm just going to do it. Like I'm just going to eat protein then, but still do CrossFit Metcons. And um, I felt, you know, felt good, but then I started feeling really bad, <laughs> like just really quickly because I wasn't feeling myself and I didn't understand that. My mindset was like, okay, let's just go really hard for the short period of time. Let's be really intense versus just being consistent. And again, this was that time when I was kind of binging still And I got, I put my body in such bad shape again around 2012, 2013 that I had to take a break from lifting for like two and a half years. And I just walked and I just did yoga um, again to heal my body, to heal my hormones. And then through that time, I also 
you know, started eating carbohydrates again, fueling myself appropriately, knowing about, you know, learning about all of these things and seeing like, okay, you do need to eat carbs. At least my body does for the exercise that I want to do. And then probably about two years ago, I started lifting again, very slowly. And, um, then about a year, about a year ago, I kind of turned the dial up on my lifting. I just got into that place where I just really love it. I'm feeling myself properly, um, feeling great with what I eat, feeling great with how I move. And I walk a lot. So I really do love movement. Um, but now I've learned the importance of fueling yourself properly for what you do and knowing that like, no matter what anybody tells you, you know, inside, I think you can feel when you're not feeling yourself properly. And back, you know, six, seven years ago, my mindset was like, I don't care how much I have to suffer. I don't care how I have to feel to get to my goal, whatever that was. Um, But, you know, it's actually, it actually really wasn't kind to do that to myself back then. Um, But I, again, I really didn't know that I wasn't aware of it. Uh, But I think through all of this work, you can really learn to just honor what your body feels and then to do something about it, even if an expert is telling you otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And I love you being able to explain all of these kind of like highs and those and a few steps back. Cause I have people that'll be like, Oh man, you know, I was at this weight a few years ago. I just, I just want to get back there. And it's like, well, we kind of have to like peel back and kind of slow down, which is hard. And it's not sexy because there is like, I know you can go get a coach who's going to say, Hey, I can get you this body in 30 days. And I'm like, Hey, what's that going to do to your mind? What's that going to do your relationship with food? Like that's not sexy. And that's not, I don't know. Or your period or your hair, you know? (laughs) So like throughout the time that I was like, that I was in grad school and I started my intuitive eating journey, not really knowing a lot about nutrition and also doing a lot of cardio on top of that. Um, for, again, for my body, I lost my period, but I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like this, (laughs) if this is a price to pay to, to get to like my dream body, then, then I'll do it. Um, which is again, it's not a sexy thing to tell somebody like, oh, this is going to take at least six months for you to, you know, I think healing your relationship with food is not something that, you know, we want to heal our relationship with food, just like we want to lose weight. Like we want it to happen now. We want like, you know, these shifts to happen immediately. But I don't think that healing something like that, that is so profound that perhaps you have spent your entire life masking, numbing, avoiding, distracting. I think that that's something that you look back and you're like, oh, wow, look how much I've changed Mm -hmm. versus, you know, seeing daily progress because I don't think that that's how it works. I think it happens like you just committing to like living your life and and feeling good in the process and and feeling yourself well and and feeling amazing like inside in, in your mind and in your body and then getting to a place where you feel so comfortable where it is unrecognizable to where you used to be. But it's not something that you control, not something that like you tick point like that you check points off or anything like that. It's just like I think yearning and and having the comfort and the relaxation be the goal versus, you know, 
being obsessed with like, when is it going to happen? And, yeah. and it, did it happen? Like, have I seen a change? Like, I feel like with anything, even if you're like trying to get a pull up or something or get a better mile time, I think the more you strive for anything and sort of try to control, control the factors surrounding it or whatever, I feel like that really can be detrimental to our progress. I think again, relaxation and just like showing up, committing to showing up consistently is where the, like, there's no magic. That's the magic. Just showing up every day on on your journey in a consistent manner. That's not super intense. Mm -hmm. And then looking back, you'll be like, oh, oh shit. I really, (laughs) I really had to like, this is a big change. Mm -hmm. So you said, so you were going through periods where you weren't eating carbs, not even fruit. Um, And again, like, so it didn't overnight, like, okay, cool. I'm going to be okay with eating carbs. I'm going to be okay with having bananas in the house. So like, how did you kind of start making that shift there? Like, okay, I can eat this. This is okay. What did that look like? So um, I think I, I had ended up because again, if you are doing a lot of intense exercise, I, I don't think it matters the type of exercise, even if you're lifting, if you're doing cardio, I do, th- I'm a big advocate for eating carbohydrates for your mind, for your body, for recovery. Like they're just so important and they're so vilified now. And keto is such a big thing. So I was not eating, the more I restricted my carbs, the more uncomfortable I felt in my body and the more um, weight I ended up gaining without eating more. So that to me was like a sign of like, okay, there's actually like something hormonal happening here and whatever I'm trying to achieve just isn't, isn't working. Um, I was basically just eating like protein, veggies and, and fats and like to eat a cracker was like, what? Like that's like in a, in another universe, I'm going to eat a cracker or like a potato or something. So then I slowly started eating sweet potatoes and I noticed that the more I ate them, the more satiated I felt, the less I thought about food then I started incorporating like some pineapple and some berries. And I was just like, oh my God, like I've just, it was almost like euphoric, like the, the amount of satisfaction that I got and the, and the better that I felt. So I started adding carbohydrates in and upping my calories a lot too. So I probably like tripled, ended up tripling my carbohydrate intake um, and eating a lot more food in general. And then I became you know, comfortable, my body sort of like got into a place of homeostasis where it balanced out, it it got healthier, I felt great again. Um, But looking back, like that example you gave about the bananas, I feel like people vilify bananas um, and and a lot of like really sugary fruits. But like now I eat a banana every day, every morning. Sometimes I eat two bananas. Like if you, (laughs) whoa, like if that is somebody like in a day, you know, maybe um, yeah. one at breakfast, one at dinner or at lunch or what, or a snack or whatever. Um, but honestly, I think that the more that you can, cause you know, we can overdo anything, the more that you can just stay with yourself mm-hmm. and feel where it is, where the levels of carbohydrates are comfortable to you. Um, I feel like that's, that's a great place to start. Maybe just adding in one serving, then maybe two servings and adding in some fruits. Um, you know, the more, again, the more satiated we feel, the more um, 
physiologically satiated we feel too because again that binging people think that binging is a terrible thing uh, but binging is actually just the body's natural response to starvation so if you're binging that's just a sign that you're either not eating enough or you're restricting a macronutrient for me again it was carbohydrates um, or you're even mentally restricting like I still can't have blank because it's too terrifying or whatever it is. So again, bringing that fear, that stress that is so common to meals um, is something that binging will just be a natural response to. But I think it is something that happens gradually. Just try adding in like, you know, a certain amount and then increase that to the point that you feel good. I love that you said that about binging that because it is like, okay, oh gosh, I'm doing something bad. But I think in the intuitive eating book, they talk about like, it's uh, like our compulsions. It's a strange gift. It's a gift. Like, yes, hey, yes, exactly. You're you, something you're missing something. Like, what is it? What are you? And I love that you said like, you're restricting something. Is it something in your head? Is it something, a, a macronutrient? We were actually just at the grocery store yesterday and I saw bacon and I haven't had bacon in so long, but I just remember while I was doing whole 30, I think I overdid it on bacon. And now oh, looking back, it was like, huh, I overdid it on bacon because that was like the only like quote fun thing there was to eat. Or like almond butter or something, you know, (laughs) which I overdid too. Yeah. Yeah. Or cashew butter, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Or like when I was running, like I would, I would overdo it on, um, dates or like dates yes. rolls and coconut or whatever yeah, yeah yeah because it was like no like I was missing out but I think that a lot of times in the whole 30 community they're like you're you're doing something wrong you're not following the rules and it's like yes well, why are the rules like why is this so hard oh like because it's not natural <laughs> yes it, well exactly like it needs things at, at different times and like honestly you know, I used to think that having a healthy relationship with food meant that you would just view view food as fuel. Yeah. And it couldn't be something that like you did for fun or you enjoyed. And again, telling you my story, like having cooking be such a big part of my, you know, life growing up with my grandmother and with my mom. I mean, to like this day, my parents' house is still my favorite restaurant because my mom is just an incredible cook. Um, but I think that we deny ourselves that natural human instinct where food is pleasure. And it is. And the more that we stuff that down, the more that it is going to, again, the more you restrict anything or try to stuff something down, the more it's going to rear its ugly head. And I think that like denying yourself treats, even for a day or two days can be detrimental, you know? And the more that you deny that need of like, okay, maybe I do want something sweet or something really delicious. And like, you're told that you shouldn't want that, which makes it worse in your head for you. So then it's like, when you actually do have it, you go overboard, you don't listen, you're not mindful. You don't bring that awareness anymore. So I think that again, some people don't do view food as just fuel, you know, like my husband is like, he's not really that interested. Like he loves it, but he's not like, you know, like if I have a, like a craving for something, like if I want ice cream, like I need to go get it, you know, like at least like in the next couple of days or whatever, like I honor my cravings. And, um, I think it's okay to honor the fact that you like food and you like the taste of certain things and you might like sugar. Um, I used to think that again, if I was evolved enough that I wouldn't, you know, that I would get to a place where that just didn't matter to me. 
But I think that if you are like that, that you have a quote unquote sweet tooth or whatever it is, I think that's it, that it's okay to, to have the things that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of times we fear experiencing pleasure and being okay with it. It's like, if we're experiencing pleasure, we must've been doing something wrong. And I love what you said, like, Oh, I'll get to this place where I'm evolved. I'm higher than, and I won't yes. even want sugar. Like, yes, yes. I'll just train my body to not even like sugar anymore. And my mind, you know? Yeah. And it's like, the more you fight yourself, you know, at which I feel like this entire conversation can be just about that. Like we can, you know, apply that metaphor to everything. I think the more you fight yourself, the worse off you are. I feel like if you just honor what you need, if you honor what works for you, if you honor what your body needs, um, like that's the best place that, that you can be in by accepting these parts of, of yourself. And like something that helped me really figure this out was human design. I'm not sure if you've, if you've heard of that, it's kind of like a Zodiac slash, I don't know. It's like this thing where you enter, if you go to Joe, if you Google Jovian archive, okay. human design, you can input your information, like your, your date of birth, your birth time and where you were born. And it tells you your type. And um, your type is lets you know how you manage energy and how you uh, respond to things in the world. So my type is a manifesting generator. And that type needs to expend a lot of energy. It has a lot of energy inside and it needs to get it out. So I'm like, oh, this is why I feel like it is necessary for me to exercise daily. Because if I don't, then, and you know, if a day passes by or two days, whatever, that's fine. But like, if it's something over a prolonged period of time, that energy gets stuck inside and it's just not good <laughs> for me, my body, my brain, I just don't feel awesome. And then seeing that my type was like that, it's like, oh, wow, I've spent time fighting this when this is actually, you know, what I need to, to feel good in order to sleep at night. I have to sort of expend that energy out. Um, and other types aren't like that and other people aren't like that. So again, again, it's just like, what do I need? What do I need to do? And then taking the, the time to discover that, be curious about that, and then doing it consistently and, and honoring when, when that changes because it might. That's awesome. I love that. So I'm curious. I know you talked about you were in a relationship uh, with your husband and mm-hmm. going through all of these things. How did your relationship with food affect your relationship with your husband? And then like as far as dating, travel, restaurants, <laughs> what did that yes. look like? Wow. So at the beginning, it, um, thankfully I'm with somebody who is like the chillest person ever. (laughs) He's, you know, I'm very type A, I'm very like organized and like very productive and go, go, go. And he's sort of like my balance. He brings me down to earth. He, um, you know, he is super relaxed. Like if I tell him I need this, he's like, okay. You know, like, So at the beginning of our relationship, when I would still kind of restrict or binge, like I was either restricting uh, or binging with him, like, hey, let's go to a restaurant and get like, you know, all of these different items and wine. I'd be like, you know, then go off the rails and uh, not feel awesome. But I would hide at the beginning, I would hide how I how that would make me feel like really diminish, like, you know, the fact that that didn't make me feel awesome. And then I would go back to restricting. And then at the beginning of our relationship, I would kick him out like on a Sunday night. 
like I'd be like, okay, it's time for you to go home. Like I have to like start my nighttime routine. Like it's time for you to go. And he's like, all right, well, I guess she needs to go to bed early again, not thinking anything of it. And I would go to Whole Foods and like get my healthy treats and just binge on them within the beginning of our relationship, like on a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And then as I got more comfortable with him, I started telling him like, hey, this is happening. This is going on. Like there's a lot of, you know, I even um, brought, he even did like two Whole 30s with me Mm -hmm. uh, and he felt great. But then he obviously went back to just um, eating the things that worked for him because he's always been in a healthy mindset. Um, But at the beginning, I was honest with him about what I was going through. And I think that if anybody is out there and sort of like having those like hidden behaviors around food or whatever it is, anybody that loves you and cares about you will be compassionate and understand. Um, I was scared to tell him because I'm like, oh, he's going to think I'm a weirdo or like, you know, all these obsessions. Like he's probably never met anybody that, that has gone through all of these things. But the moment I told him, he was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, let's just, that's fine. Like, I still love you. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, and then he's been, he's seen me now go through, you know, that period of restriction where he would just kind of like leave me alone. If I would say like, Hey, I don't want to order that. He's like, all right, we're just going to order this. And, and that's it. Like just so chill about it all. And I think now we can get to a place we have gotten to a place over the last several years, like the last four and a half years or so where eating is just fun for us. Like we eat whatever, we go out to eat, we cook here, we, you know, tag team in the kitchen, like cook things together. Um, but eating is definitely a source of enjoyment for us and, and a huge part of our relationship. Like when we go on vacations and stuff, like we're definitely eating and like enjoying ourselves and having fun and, and here at home too. But I would encourage anybody out there that is sort of struggling with that is, is just to be open and honest. And you might be surprised with how, um, you know, receptive your person might be. And if they're not receptive, maybe that's a sign that that person isn't for you. Um, I hate to be harsh like that, but I feel like an open and compassionate person would just be okay with that and, and understand and and try to help you too. Mm -hmm. That's huge. He sounds wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. He's awesome. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think like to, when you talk about like your background, you know, being a chef, um, and the cultural significance of food and like, I, I know like, like my family's Italian. I just think about like, mm. there were so many times I was like, I, sorry, I can't have the pasta. Sorry. I can't mm. have the Easter bread. Sorry. I can't have the calzone. Like so many things. Like I wasn't allowed to have, even though it was like part of my family. It's just, um, I don't know where my question is going. I was just thinking more about like your relationship with food and your family and just how, like it, it just has such a big part of our lives and that that's also okay. Like it's okay for food to have a big part of your life. Yes, it is. And it is, it's okay for it to like, granted, you know, things are always about people. Like if you're going out to eat and you know, it really matters like the people that you're with and the relationships and the conversation but food does matter to a certain extent too. Like the sort of like the literal or the figurative breaking of the bread, just like partaking um, in food with people and also eating other people's food and sort of showing that gesture. Um, But there's so many times that like I wouldn't eat or I would, um, you know, eat like just one thing. And now like since I'm gluten-free, like I eat what I can 
and um, like my family knows what I what I can have and stuff. And, and obviously my husband knows too, my husband's family. Um, but for the most part, I just like eat what I can and, and enjoy what I can. But, um, there were definitely moments where like my mom put, like, I remember one time she put, butter, she caramelized onions. And then like, as I was eating them, she told me she added butter. I'm like, are there, is there butter in here? And she's like, yeah, I added butter. And I'm like, how could you, you know, I'm not eating dairy. And, you know, so she was like, almost like, can you have this? Like, can you, you know, and that's so uncomfortable. So like, I feel like, you know, people around you again will understand and they can have compassion, but I don't, I think it's important to not deny the fact that sometimes like we're not feeding our bodies and that's okay. Like sometimes we feed our soul. Sometimes we are feeding, you know, our relationship with other people. Sometimes we're feeding, the fun part of ourselves. Like every time that you eat, it doesn't have to be for nutrition. And this is coming from somebody who like really thinks nutrition matters a lot. Um, If sometimes you're feeding those other aspects of yourself, that's an essential part of your relationship with food, I think. And and again, the more that you deny that, the more that's going to leave you in a place that's just like not awesome. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that the whole like, wait, are you? Eat- I I went through periods where I was vegan, and then I was like not eating bread, and then yes. not eating this, and it's like my dad's like, what? Like which? What? What which are you allowed one? to eat now? Yes, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> so common. <laughs> yeah, it's so common, and you know, like it's almost like sorry <laughs> that I did that. You know, like you know. <laughs> Like, exactly. Yeah. I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's, he, and, but like you said too, though, it. like, he, yeah. Or maybe they don't, but they just care about us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and that's okay. Like, I feel like as long as we can just be honest, like now I'm, you know, I'm open with my family about it. Like I didn't used to eat that, but like now I'm eating mostly everything. So, yeah, you know, things are a lot better now. Yeah. So um, right now you're working with clients uh, and I know you do business coaching as well, but what does it look Mm -hmm. like uh, when you work with clients uh, online coaching? So I work with women who want to uh, transform their relationship with food, even if they want to uh, lose weight in a healthy, sustainable manner, um, if they want to feel better, if they want to get healthier. But again, it really revolves around transforming that relationship with food because then everything just sort of falls into place without having a lot of, um, you know, effort. I do believe in structure, loose structure, gentle structure with nutrition. I don't, um, I don't believe in, I don't think that you can fully just go straight into intuitive eating. I really don't think that. Uh, I've seen my own clients struggle with it at the beginning when I found myself being an intuitive eater with having a background of nutrition and feeling like it was so easy for me and then thinking, oh, this is going to be so easy for people too. And my beginning clients, you know, several years ago just were like, I'm lost. Like I'm eating cake for breakfast. I feel like shit. I can't, you know, that's what I was craving. That's what I wanted. So I do provide some structure either in, um, you know, I try to give them like a template of what their meals should look like. Um, for the most part, to balance blood sugar, to make them feel great so they can get their fiber. But what it really is, is a journey of transformation that happens and they end up like getting a brand new life in the process. Um, So it's really for the woman that wants to go deeper 
uh, into her healing. And like you said, I also do business coaching, but business serves as that sort of um, catalyst as well into like, again, bringing everything out of your head uh, in your mindset and, and, and sort of like uh, taking apart the things or taking away the things that don't serve you. Um, but it really is transformation coaching, even if it's just uh, through food or through uh, business. I love what you said about this structure because I think that that is so important. I have had a lot of people too who are like, okay, cool. So I'm just allowed to eat anything. But it's like if you're a very structured person in other areas of your life to just be like, woo, (laughs) well, everything like doesn't match up. Yeah. And I'm in a lot of um, like intuitive eating support groups just so I can like see the climate of what's out there right now. You know what I mean? I can see what people are asking, see the struggle, see what people are talking about. And in these groups, there's somebody every day in there, um, at least once a day who is saying, I feel like shit. I feel like having some structure in my life. And then having the comments be like, don't add structure. You're giving into diet culture. You're give if you eat, you know, too healthy and if you have protein, like you're giving in and I'm like, that's actually not true. Yeah. Nutrition really matters. And again, this is all about the gray area. It's not about being on like super clean eating train. Yeah. But it's also not being on eat whatever at whatever time you want with no structure because that's gonna have an effect on your brain. It's gonna have effect on an effect on the way your body feels, on on your future. Uh, the things that you're going to want to eat in the future within that same day. If you, if again, your energy isn't managed and so forth. So I do think that like you have to be somewhere in the gray area there, you know, taking basic principles of nutrition, having them, um, you know, be a thing that you do like every day or most days uh, so that you can feel good. And then your body can sort of get to homeostasis. But Um, I don't think that people can start out with intuitive eating. I really think that that's something that you get to after a long period of paying attention and having structure so you can figure out what, what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about it as like scaffolding. Like here's like, we're going to put these up to help you. It's not going to be there forever. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not even against tracking at the beginning. Um, gentle tracking, like just to have awareness. Cause some clients come to me and they're like, I have no idea what I eat. I'm just like literally eating all day when I can. And then that as the, as the coach, as the person that's helping them, I think we do, it's important to know what they're currently having and to bring awareness and maybe tracking for them will be the thing that brings that awareness, but it's usually not the thing that we do forever. Uh, it's just a tool that you bring out that will help them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I love that. So uh, since you brought that up, I do want to ask for you personally, um, uh, again, how you eat isn't how everyone should eat, but as you're eating in your day, what does it usually look like? Are you tracking on an app or are you just like, cool, I'm going to eat whenever? What does it usually look like? So I don't typically track, but um, I have a general idea of what my meals need to look like throughout the day. I have to have protein at every meal. Uh, again, I used to be vegan also. So like I was on, I feel like, you know, this is this sort of story is, is very typical with a lot of people. Um, 
you know, so, and I actually lost my period throughout that time. That was the time that I lost my period. I wasn't eating meat. Um, and again, because I'm lifting, because I have put on muscle and, and I think just to feel satisfied, eating protein is non-negotiable for me most of the time, because if not, I'm just going to eat all day. Like I'm not going to be satisfied. And if I don't like, it's not my favorite thing. I'd rather just have carbs and fats all day. But I know if I do that, I'm going to be thinking about food all day. I'm not going to feel awesome. Um, so I know that at every meal, I need to have protein and I need to have some sort of veggie or fruit and um, some fat, a fat source or two. And then start. I usually have starches at breakfast and lunch because I work out in the morning. So um, naturally, I I just have my starches at those two times, but I have like, you know, Greek yogurt and oatmeal in the morning with fruit and maybe some peanut butter. Um, and that's something that I didn't eat for a really long time. And I just can't tell you how happy it makes me to, <laughs> to eat oatmeal and yogurt again. Like, like it makes me so happy. Dairy? Carbs, dairy. Yes. I know. Banana? I know. Oh and a gosh. banana. So it's like, <laughs> I never would have thought that that would, um, that that would be part of my experience and something that makes me so happy. But again, it's that honoring of like, what do I like? what works for me and what do I need to feel my body? And then, um, you know, lunch and dinner are basically just a protein source, either like chicken or I'm a big fan of fish. Um, and then like a big salad or some roasted veggies, maybe some sweet potatoes somewhere in there. But I, I typically do batch cooking. So I'll make like not full on meal prep. I'll just make a couple things like, um, big filet of salmon, maybe a tuna salad, cut some veggies for a salad, um, and then like a dressing or something, and then maybe some roasted veggies and sweet potatoes. And like, then I just like make meals off of that based off of what I'm in the mood for at that moment. But I always, that, that's like the general structure that I follow. And that I think that that's something that um, most people would do well with if yeah. they, again, listened and tweaked what, what worked for them. Or even just knowing like, what counts as a source of protein or like a veggie, like sometimes, or um, carb or whatever that, like having that knowledge, that structure, like that's not, like that's not intuitive. I didn't know exactly those things 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is why we do need that nutritional structure because like for me, it is not intuitive to have protein no, and, to yeah. tell somebody, <laughs> and to tell somebody just eat whatever, like me eating whatever is not the same as me eating what I know makes me feel my best. Mm. And again, some people like my mother, for example, can just sort of eat carbs all day, like have like crackers and cheese or like maybe a yogurt in the morning. Um, and like, that's fine. But I know that for me, that's not what I need to do. And um, creating that little bit of structure is, and combining that with my intuition are the two things. So like intuition plus a little bit of structure is, is what I truly, is what truly makes me feel my best. Yeah. And it just, like, I think about like my work day and like not having a boss and how, okay, cool. Like this took some time to figure out what my work day looks like. And it doesn't include me watching Netflix for the first three hours of my morning. Like that, yes. like that's the equivalent of like me eating cake for breakfast. Like yes. no, I'm not going to feel good. I need some structure. I need exactly. to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to journal. I'm going to, you know, do these things. Yeah. Like I, it's so hard to be like, no, just do whatever. And yes, for 12 months until I'd never work. I'd never do any, most of the things that make me feel awesome. I don't want to do in the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Like I never really want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like when I wake, cause I work out in the morning. So like, I'm like, Oh, it would like being in my bed is, it feels way better. <laughs> but you know, when, when everything is said and done at the end of the day, um, you know, I have honored myself sometimes like, like Zig Ziglar is like the sales, um, he, he was like the sales uh, teacher. He would run seminars and stuff back in like the eighties. And he has this quote that I always think about and it's, um, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. Mm-hmm. And that is like resonates so much with me because by making the the hard choices, like, you know, implementing structure, implementing a little bit of discipline when I need to, overriding some of the things that I, you know, maybe not, don't feel like doing, um, make me feel great at the end of the day versus just like following whatever easy choices makes me feel a lot worse. So that's something that I need to remind myself of daily. Yeah. Especially because I work from home. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> so easy to not do what we're supposed to do. I have a client who calls it like adulting herself. She's like, I would never let my kid do, I have to be the adult in this relationship with myself. Yes, yes absolutely. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So if people want to find you to connect with you or find out more about working with you, uh, where are the best spots? So they can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's where I hang out the most. They can find me at Ashley K Pardo. Um, you can also visit my website, which is ashleypardo.com. Um, and I do have, if I can mention a cooking challenge that's starting, um, on July 17th. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, June 17th. It's called prep like a pro. It's just a five day cooking, um, sort of like a batch cooking, um, educational, uh, series that basically tells people how to cook in five days. If people want to join that people who take it, love it. Um, and it's totally free. I run it once per year and it's coming up right now. Awesome. I love that. Cool. Yeah, I'm really, really excited because since we live in our brains, you know what I mean? We really don't know what other people want to see or what other people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for cooking and meal prep and whatever it is that you do in order to make your eating life easier, it is beneficial just to know a couple things. The longer that I cook, even the longer that I, and, you know, that I did cook for clients, the more I realized that people just really like simple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's easy to implement that you actually like simplify your system so you can actually do it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Set the bar really low, (laughs) do the simplest stuff, and then you can build from that. Awesome. Cool. All right. I will have all the links to everything in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was my pleasure. I had an awesome time talking to you. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. 